Use Portable Power Tools and Use Stationary Power Tools. Section 1. Describe portable power tools used in the pipe trades. Portable power tools play a major role in virtually every trade. In the piping trades, you will be expected to be familiar with a wide range of portable power tools. You must be able to identify them and explain their uses and be able to select portable power tools that are appropriate for various processes. This learning task will explore tools that are powered by sources such as electricity, compressed air, and explosive charges. Electric Portable Power Tools Electric tools have seen much advancement in recent years, especially in the progress of battery technology. Lighter and more powerful than ever, almost any corded tool that is manufactured today is available in a cordless battery powered design. Truly portable cordless tools use a rechargeable battery cell that is composed of one of several different combinations of chemicals, including nickel cadmium, nickel zinc, or lithium ion. Corded, electrically grounded tools will usually have a three-prong plug, one being a ground pin. Double insulated tools may have only two prongs. Electric saws. Portable electric saws are valued for the speed and efficiency with which they can do certain jobs. The circular saw, for example, is well suited for cutting cleanly into thick lumber and for trimming assembled work. Portable circular saws. Portable circular saws are capable of making straight cuts in a variety of materials. The size of the saw is identified by the diameter of the blade. As a rule, the larger the di diameter of the blade, the more powerful the motor of the saw must be and the greater the depth of the cut. Portable circular saws can be used in both rip and crosscut. You can control the depth of cut by raising or lowering the base. You can make bevel cuts by adjusting the tilt of the base. The portable circular saw is usually guided freehand along a pencil line or chalk line, so its accuracy depends on your guiding skills as the operator. Straight cuts can be made using the rip guide, a standard attachment with most circular saws. Even more accurate cuts can be made by securing a straight edge to the work and running the base of the saw along the straight edge during the cut. Portable circular saws are capable of starting a cut in the middle of a workpiece. This feature makes the portable circular saw an ideal tool for cutting rectangular holes in the middle of a sheet of plywood, something not easy to do with a handsaw. Saw blades for circular saws. Circular saws use three types of blades, crosscut, rip saw, or combination. Use crosscut blades for crosscutting, perpendicular or against the grain, and rip saw blades for ripping, parallel with the grain. Use a combination saw if the work requires you to constantly change from crosscutting to ripping. Tooth characteristics. This illustration shows two saw blade teeth. The four characteristics that distinguish one type from another are pitch, heel, hook, and gullet. There are several designs of blades. Each blade design is intended for a specific cutting task and will last longer and, out and perform better if used only for the intended task. Rip blades are designed to cut solid lumber along the length of the stock. The teeth are square across their cutting edge and will cause chipping if used for crosscutting. Crosscut blades have teeth sharpened to a knife-like point. They will produce a smooth, chip-free cut across the grain of solid lumber, and they are ideal for cutting plywood regardless of the direction of the cut. A standard combination blade provides an adequate cut with or across the grain of solid wood, as well as on various plywoods and panel products. However, it does none of these cuts as well as blades specifically designed for each task. The chisel combination blade is a popular blade for cutting solid lumber and plywood. The teeth are sharpened square across the front and on a bevel across the back, forming a slight point on the cutting edge. The blade is easily sharpened and when sharp cuts fast and produces edges smooth enough for most construction. Non-ferrous metals can be cut with metal cutting circular blades. The blade resembles a fine tooth crosscut blade but the teeth are square across the cutting edge like those of the rip saw. These blades usually require lubrication on their sides to prevent the waste material from binding to the blade. The most common type of lubricant is a wax stick which is rubbed on the sides of the blade. Ferrous metals, metals that contain iron and form sparks when cut or ground, 
can be cut with an abrasive disc blade. This blade has no teeth and simply grinds a thin cut through the metal. The abrasive blade must be matched to the RPM of the saw and hardness of the steel being cut. Otherwise, the blade will either cut very slowly or wear out very quickly. Masonry products are cut with an abrasive wheel similar to the type used for ferrous metals. Because masonry blades and ferrous cutting blades are similar in appearance, check to make sure you have the correct type of blade. Masonry blades will not cut metal, and metal cutting blades will not cut masonry. Carbide tip blades remain sharp much longer than conventional steel blades. It can be used to cut wood, plastic, and composition board, as well as non-ferrous metals. The carbide tips, which are extremely hard and brittle, are brazed onto a standard-sized metal disc. The carbide tips are then ground to shape, suitable for the blade's intended use. The shape of the tooth illustrated in figure 9 is known as triple chip and can be used for plastic laminates, hardwood, plywood, aluminum, brass, and for cross-cutting lumber. Carbide is so hard and brittle that it can be chipped and dulled through contact with other hard materials. As a result, all carbide tip blades require careful handling. You must not let the carbide come in contact with any hard surface, such as the metal parts of a saw, other saw blades, or concrete and masonry. Saber saw or jigsaw. Saber saws are used to make curved or irregular cuts in wood, plastics, or metal. The blade action is a high-speed up and down motion with the cutting taking place during the upstroke. The saber saw is designed mainly for light cutting, but is also capable of making cuts through materials 40 millimeters to 50 millimeters or one and a half to two inches thick. The blade length should be such that when the blade is at the top of its stroke, the lower end of the blade is below the bottom of the stock being cut. The saber saw is capable of starting a cut in the middle of a piece of wood. However, it is much easier and safer to drill a starter hole through the workpiece and use the hole as the start of the cut. The rapid up and down action of the blade may cause the workpiece to chatter, so the workpiece must be secured and the saber saw held firmly against the work. The most common types of saber saw blades are shown in figure 11. Note that there are two different end types, straight and hooked end. They cannot be interchanged. The blades for plywood, particle board, and plastics have fine teeth. The blade for cutting thicker plywood and lumber has coarse teeth. The blade for cutting thin hardboard and plywood in a scroll pattern has fine teeth and is very narrow. The blade used for cutting ferrous metals has very fine teeth set in a wavy pattern. Reciprocating saw. The reciprocating saw makes cuts in any direction. It can do heavier work than the saber saw. This type of saw can be used to cut metal, wood, fiberglass, and virtually any other substance using the correct blade. A reciprocating saw is a type of saw in which the cutting action is achieved through a push and pull, hence reciprocating motion of the blade. This type of saw, also known simply as a recip saw or sawzall, a trademark of the Milwaukee Electric Tool Company, has a large blade resembling that of a jigsaw and a handle orientated to allow the saw to be used comfortably on both vertical and horizontal surfaces. The typical style of this saw has a foot at the base of the blade, similar to a saber saw. The user rests this foot against the surface being cut to counter the tendency of the blade to push away or pull towards the cut as the blade travels through its cycle. Indispensable in construction, demolition, and service work, most of these tools have a quick-release blade function that allow for speedy blade replacements without the use of additional tools. Power Cutoff Saw, or Chop Saw A power cutoff saw is a type of miter saw used to cut sections of lightweight material to length. Power cutoff saws use a thin, abrasive, circular disc as a saw blade. The disc is made from mineral or synthetic grains that are fiber-reinforced and resin-bonded. The disc comes in thicknesses from 2 mm to 3 mm or 1 16th to 8th inch and in diameters from 150 mm to 500 mm, 6 inches to 20 inches. The saw in figure 14 is called a chop or cutoff saw. The chop saw has a mandrel and motor mounted on a pivoting frame. You operate it by grasping the handle fastened to the pivoting frame and pulling the rotating cutoff wheel into the workpiece. The workpiece is secured on the bed of the tool by built-in vise or clamp. Power cutoff saws are also manufactured with special features for a variety of applications. 
This saw cuts relatively quickly, but produces a considerable amount of heat at the site of the cut, which may damage the workpiece. It is used to cut steel that will not suffer too much from heat buildup. Abrasive cutoff wheels. Abrasive cutoff wheels are designed for cutting masonry products or metal. Metal cutting wheels are available in two grades, fast cut or long life. Fast cut wheels cut faster, but wear out sooner than long life wheels. Most metal cutting abrasive wheels will cut steel, stainless, steel, cast iron, and aluminum. Each abrasive cutoff wheel has a maximum speed listed in RPM, or revolutions per minute. You make sure that the rated speed of the cutoff wheel is greater than the speed of the motor, or the wheel will break apart and can possibly injure you or a workmate. Sparks and dust that are created can be serious hazard to your eyes and lungs. Take extra precaution when operating this tool. Portable bandsaw. Portable bandsaws are available in a variety of models and sizes. The size of the metal cutting bandsaw is designated by the thickness of stock you are able to cut with it. Standard sizes are 150 millimeters, 180 millimeters, and 255 millimeters, four and a half, seven, and 10 inches. Some larger models are capable of cutting through a pipe that is 50 centimeters or 20 inches in diameter. The material being cut is typically held in a portable vise. Metal cutting blades. Metal cutting bandsaw blades are defined by their grades of steel, tooth formation, tooth set, and blade width. Grades of steel include carbon steel, semi-high speed steel, and high speed steel. Carbon steel blades are used for general purpose cutting on a standard bandsaw. Blades made of carbon steel are the least expensive of the three types, but are less durable than the other grades. Semi-high speed steel blades cut 50% faster than carbon steel blades. They are harder than carbon steel, but are able to withstand mechanical shocks and vibrations that would break harder, more brittle blades. High-speed steel blades cut better and last longer than the other blades, but are more expensive and more delicate than the other two grades. Tooth formations. Tooth formations include regular, hook, and skip. Bandsaw blades with regular teeth are used for straight and curved cuts in most ferrous and hard non-ferrous metals. Blades with regular teeth can be considered general purpose blades. The hook tooth blade is best for fast cutting on non-ferrous metals. The large rounded gullets are capable of fast chip removal and the forward slope of the tooth requires less downward pressure to cut. Thin sections of metal should not be cut with this tooth style due to the wide spacing of the teeth. The skip tooth blade is very similar to the hook tooth. Unlike the hook tooth, which can only cut softer metals, the skip tooth is capable of cutting ferrous metals. The wide spacing of the skip tooth makes the blade suitable for fast cutting of large sections of steel. Hook and skip tooth types are available in three to six teeth per inch. Regular tooth styles range from six to 32 teeth per inch. The number of teeth per inch affects the cutting speed of the bandsaw and the size of stock it is best suited to cut. Blades with large numbers of teeth per inch are able to cut small, thin pieces of metal, but are slow for cutting large sections. Blades with few teeth per inch cut faster, but are too coarse for cutting thin sections of metal. Too many teeth in the cut will result in destruction of the teeth. Tooth set. Set is defined as the left and right positioning of the teeth to provide a wider cut than the thickness of the blade. This creates the kerf. The wide cut provides clearance for the blade within the cut, preventing binding and overheating. There are two types of tooth sets available on metal cutting bandsaws, raker and wavy set. Hook and skip tooth blades have raker set teeth. Regular tooth blades with up to 24 teeth per inch come with either raker set or wavy set teeth. All regular tooth blades with more than 24 teeth per inch have a wavy set teeth. Blade width. Bandsaw blades are available in widths ranging from quarter inch to inch and a quarter. The narrower blades are able to cut curves of a smaller radius than the wider blades. Wide blades used for straight cuts. Portable hand drills. A portable electric hand drill can be used for a variety of tasks, including drilling holes, driving screws, and stirring paint. Cord supply drills may be double insulated or of the three-pronged type. Always make sure that you identify the type. 
Most electric hand drills are manufactured with a pistol grip. A trigger switch is located on the pistol grip to allow for single-handed use during light-duty operations. Heavy-duty portable hand drills incorporate removable side and rear-mounted handles for extra control during two-handed operation. The drill bit is secured to the portable power drill by means of a three-jaw chuck. The chuck can be opened and closed by rotating the knurled outer sleeve. The final tightening should be done with a special wrench known as a chuck key. Some light-duty chucks are keyless and be closed by one's hand. Control switches. Some portable electric drills only have an on-off switch. This type of switch limits the use of the electric drill to those operations that require a clockwise rotation of the chuck at a fixed speed at which the particular drill turns. Other drills are manufactured with a variable speed switch. These switches provide control over the chuck speed in relation to the travel of the control switch. This control allows the electric drill to be used for a variety of tasks. Driving screws and drilling soft materials require a slow turning drill, while other operations such as drilling hard materials require higher speeds. An additional switch found on some drills allows the motor to turn counterclockwise or reverse, as well as clockwise, forward. When both a variable speed switch and a reversible switch are present on an electric drill, the drill can be used to remove screws as well as to drive them. Quarter inch drill motors. Most quarter-inch drill motors are used for light-duty drilling operations. The quarter-inch means that the drill will accept a maximum quarter-inch shank size. The chuck on a quarter-inch drill motor turns about 1,500 to 1,800 RPM. Such high speeds are good for drilling small holes in soft metals, but tend to burn drill bits if used for hard metals. The quarter-inch drill does not produce enough torque or turning power at low speeds for driving screws. 3-8-inch drills. These drills can turn at a much slower speed than a quarter-inch drill. Average chuck speed is 750 to 900 RPM for 3/8-inch drills. Considerably more torque is generated, making the 3/8-inch drill more suitable for drilling larger holes in metal. A 3/8-inch drill is often equipped with a forward-reverse switch and a variable speed switch. Half-inch drills. These drills generate substantial torque and are usually equipped with an additional handle to provide the operator with added leverage. Heavy-duty models have a pistol grip on one side, a removable T-handle opposite the pistol grip, and a D-handle at the back. Drill bits, twist drills. Twist drills are also commonly called drill bits. Twist drills may be made from carbon steel or high-speed steel. High-speed steel drills are harder and can drill harder metals. High-speed steel remains sharp longer than carbon steel and is able to withstand higher temperatures. Drill sizes. Twist drills are available in sizes designated by one of four different systems. Metric, number, letter, and fractional. Metric. Twist drills in metric sizes are usually supplied in 0.5 millimeter increments. However, they can be purchased in increments of 0.1 millimeter. Metric twist drills are commonly available in sizes from 0.5 millimeters to 15.5 millimeters in diameter. Number. Twist drills in the number system range from 0.0135 inches to 0.0228 inches in diameter. Size number 80 is the smallest, just under 1 inch in diameter, and size number 1 the biggest, just less than quarter inch in diameter. These sizes are commonly used in the gas fitter trade and are referred to as orifice drills. Letter. Letter sizes range from A to Z and are a continuation of sizes larger than number size number one. Size A is equal to 0.02344 inches in diameter and size Z is equal to 0.413 inches in diameter. Fractional. Fractional bit sizing is very common in the construction and service trades. Fractional sizes start at 1 inch in diameter and increase in size by 64ths up to 1 inch. Larger bits are available in fractional sizes at varying increments of 1 32nd of an inch, 1 16th of an inch, and 1 8th of an inch. By intermixing fractional number and letter sizes, you can get up to 138 different sizes less than half inch in diameter. 
Larger drills over half inch are available with reduced shank sizes so they can be used in standard chucks. Spade bits. The spade bit shown below is designed to drill into wood products only. Spade bit sizes range from 9mm or 3 8 of an inch to 38mm, 1.5 inch diameter. The quality of the cut produced by the spade bit is not as good as most other bits, therefore its use is limited to rough work. Self-feeding multi-spur bits. This self-feeding multi-spur bit uses the screw point to pull the bit through the wood while the sides of the bit guide it. Having a very short center point, the multi-spur bit drills virtually flat-bottomed holes. Multi-spur bits are available in sizes from 25mm or 1 inch to 75mm or 3 inches. Their cutting action cuts clean but shallow holes. Then you have replaceable screw points. Self-feeding auger bits. Auger bits drill clean, accurate, straight and deep holes. The bit is guided by both the screw point of the bit and the sides of the hole. Waste from the hole is carried to the surface by the spiral flutes. Countersink bits. When flathead screws are to be installed flush or below the surface of a workpiece, the countersink bit will drill a broad shallow hole to receive the head of the screw. Countersink bits may be used before or after the pilot hole for the screw shank and threaded portion have been drilled. Carbide tip bits. Carbide tip drill bits are used to drill holes in hard abrasive materials such as concrete, stone, masonry, brick, and ceramic tile. Drilling into these materials requires a slow-turning drill, 350 to 500 RPM, to prevent the bit from overheating. Special hammer percussion drills can be used when multiple holes in masonry are to be formed. Hole saws. The hole saw is designed to cut large diameter holes in wood or sheet metal. The hole saw has an arbor bit or pilot bit at its center and enters the workpiece before the hole saw and serves to guide the hole saw as it enters the material. Hole saws are available in sizes from 14 millimeters or 9 16 of an inch to 111 millimeters or 4 and 3 8 of an inch in diameter. The depth of the hole drilled is restricted by the length of the hole saw. Standard lengths are 12 millimeters or half an inch or 28 millimeters, inch and an eighth. Hammer drill or roto hammer. A hammer drill, with heavy-duty versions known as rotary hammer or rotohammer, is a rotary drill with a hammering action. The hammering action provides a short, rapid force to pulverize brittle materials and provide quicker drilling with less effort. Many types allow the hammer and rotation functions to be used separately or in combination, hammer mode, drill mode, or both. When used in the hammer mode, the tool provides a function similar to a jackhammer for light chipping work. Hammer drills are well suited for drilling holes in masonry or stone. They are also used to drill holes in concrete footings or slabs for supporting and installing piping. The hammering action helps to break up the masonry so that it can be removed by the drill bit's flutes. Demolition hammer or chipping gun. Demolition hammers are larger and more powerful than roto hammers and operate in hammer mode only. Often earn them the name as a chipping gun. It is used for removing or demolishing concrete and masonry work. Angle drill motor. Drilling straight holes in tight spaces requires the use of a specialized type of drill motor. Angle drills have their chuck mounted at right angles to the drive motor, allowing for the motor to remain horizontal when drilling vertical holes and vice versa. Multi-positional handle attachments help maintain control in close quarters. Some manufacturers produce high-torque, high-powered angle drills that are specifically designed for cutting holes in wooden studs and joists for running pipework. Known by names like Whole Hog, they offer impressive force that can handle self-feeding bits in excess of 4.5 inches in diameter. Always ensure that concealed objects such as nails and wiring have been located prior to drilling and maintain good balance during operation at all times. Pipe Saddle Drill this specialized tool provides a slip-resistant platform to be used when drilling a pipe saddle, mechanical type of branch outlet. It allows for the drill motor to be centered on the convex pipe surface with adjustable straps and tensioning ratchets. Some varieties of pipe saddle drills allow for hot tapping into a live pipe so that the piping system need not be shut down and drained. Extracted T-Drill 
Keys can be extracted in the walls of some types of copper tube using a tool specifically designed for this purpose. The drill head does the unique job of both drilling and forming the branch outlet. The extracted outlet must be brazed because it is very shallow compared to the standard branch T-fitting, but the resulting formation is quite strong. Coring Machine Coring machines, also called core drills, are designed for producing horizontal or vertical round holes in masonry. Designed much like a drill press for concrete and brick, they have hollow steel cylindrical bits that create a long core, tubular sample, of the material. Commonly, the resulting penetration is used for the installation of pipework in new construction, renovation, or piping relocation work. The bits used for coring machines are essentially diamond-tipped hole saws minus the presence of an arbor bit. Water is fed to the bit through a direct hose connection or by means of a portable tank to aid in the cooling of the bit and remove slurry, mixture of concrete and water, from the kerf of the cut. Coring machines must be securely fastened to the work surface by means of concrete anchors for the use of a brace tension the stand of the machine firmly. Suction-type bases have been developed for quicker mounting without damage to the wall or floor finish. Angle Grinders Angle grinders may be used for removing excess material or for cutting material. There are many different kinds of discs that are used for various materials and tasks, such as cutoff discs, abrasive grinding discs, honing or abrasive stones, sanding discs, wire brush wheels, and polishing pads. The angle grinder has large bearings to counter side forces generated during cutting. It is sometimes referred to as a side grinder. The motor drives a geared head at a right angle on which is mounted an abrasive disc that can be replaced when worn. Angle grinders typically have an adjustable guard and a side-mounted handle for two-handled operation. Light and powerful, they are essential for pipe fabrication work. Grinding wheels and discs. A grinding wheel or disc is a shaping or cutting tool made from natural or artificial abrasive particles. The wheels are made in numerous shapes and sizes. A small amount of stock is removed by each abrasive particle as it passes over the work. Grinding wheels are used for rough grinding, smooth finishing, and cutting or removing metal or other materials. The most widely used abrasives in grinding wheel and disc construction are silicon, carbide, and aluminum oxide. Wheels containing particles of diamonds, either artificial or natural, are also made for limited special purpose application. The wheels and discs you encounter will usually be made of aluminum oxide. The abrasive grain size determines the coarseness or fineness of the grinding wheel. The grain size is determined by the smallest screen mesh through which they can pass. For example, if the smallest screen through which the grains pass has 100 openings per inch, the grain size is known as 100 grit, with each grain approximately 1 100th of an inch. Grinding wheel abrasive grits from 6 to 24 are considered coarse. Grits from 30 to 60 are medium, grits between 70 and 100 are fine, and those over 100 are known as extra fine. One function of any bonding material is to hold each abrasive particle intact as long as it is sharp. When the particles become dull, they dislodge and expose other particles with sharp edges. The hardness or grade of a grinding wheel or disc refers to the strength with which the bond holds the abrasive particles together in the wheel not the hardness of the abrasive particles. The structure of a grinding wheel indicates how far apart the grains are spaced, which is grain density. If the spacing of the grains is close, the structure is dense. If the spacing is relatively wide, the structure is open. Grinding wheel structures are rated by numbers. An open structure coarse grain wheel, which provides better chip clearance, is used on soft materials. Dense structure fine grain wheels are used where a smooth surface finish is required. Do not use wheels with a dense structure if the work material tends to clog the grinding wheel face. Choose a wheel or disc structure by compromising between the desired finish and the material removal rate. Always select a grinding wheel having with a rated RPM at least as high as the grinder spindle, no load speed. Allowing the wheel to operate at or slightly below the maximum safe speed automatically determines the cutting speed preferred for that wheel when used against material for which it was designed. Markings. The standard marking system for most grinding wheels indicates 
the maximum permitted operating speed in RPM or meters per second, the wheel diameter, the wheel thickness, the hole diameter, and the grit size. Portable electric pipe fabrication tools. There are many portable electric tools designed for on-site pipe fabrication. Portable power drives. The portable power drive is usually used with a tri-stand vise for pipe support. Weighing as much as 25 pounds, it is a powerful but compact drive for turning a drop head threader or a large geared threader. When used with the geared threader, the drive is mounted on the threader by using an adapter. When a drop head threader is used, a support arm must be locked on the pipe if the pipe size is one inch or larger. In conjunction with the support arm, this drive can be used to turn drop head die threaders with or without the use of a tri-stand supporting vise. The maximum pipe capacity for most power drives is two inch pipe with a drop head threader and six inch pipe when using a geared threader. In addition to threading uses, some portable power drives will also power hoists and winches and other accessories and operate large valves. It is activated by a switch button on the handle. Power pipe cutter. The portable power drive can be used to operate a heavy-duty displacement cutter that can provide square cuts on pipe up to 12-inch NPS, with wall thicknesses up to schedule 40. Hydraulic foot pedal provides the required force to feed the wheel through the pipe wall while the cut is achieved without dust or sparks. A pipe roller is available for this tool that allows it to be used to rotate a pipe while the worker bevels one end for welding preparation. Copper cutting and preparation machine. The copper cutting and preparation tool is used for cutting, reaming, deburring, and cleaning copper pipe and fittings up to four inch. It is suitable when multiple cuts are to be made for numerous fit-ups. Plastic pipe and tubing power cutter. These types of power cutters are designed to make precise cuts in multiple types of plastic materials. They are battery powered and suitable for use on polyethylene, PE, polypropylene, PP, PEX, rubber hose, PVC, and CPVC, with a capacity typically up to two inches. Copper tubing power cutter. This cordless tool can save time when making numerous cuts on copper tubing. Weighing typically less than 10 pounds, it can self-adjust for tubing sizes between 3 eighths of an inch and one inch, OD tube, and has a compact head suitable when cutting in tight spaces. Power PEX expansion tools. Due to the memory capability of certain types of PEX, one method of joining the tubing is by expansion of the tube and a special PEX ring. Power tubing expanders are most commonly of the cordless electric type and have the added advantage of one-handed operation with heads that often have an auto-rotate feature. Power press tool. A fast one-time connection for copper, stainless steel, and even PEX tubing is the use of press fitting technology. This is popular due to its speed of insulation and the fact that no flame or heat is required for copper connections. The barrel on the head can often swivel to obtain multiple insulation positions. Additionally, for tubing sizes over two inch, press rings are available that fit around larger fittings, typically up to four inch. A special actuator jaw attachment is used to press the ring while it remains around the fitting until the jointing process is complete. The jaws allow for a 180 degree swivel feature that permits the tool to connect to the ring at any angle relative to the tubing, allowing greater access in tight spaces. Note that the pressing action of the tool cannot be stopped once activated, so the operator must make sure that fingers are kept well away from the pinch points. Electric Soldering Tools Professional electric soldering tools, or guns, are intended for rapid, flameless soldering of copper tubing up to approximately 3 inches in diameter. Specially designed for renovation and repair work, they often utilize long cables to aid in accessing the work. Pipe Fusion Tool Fusion is a heat process that is used to join two pieces of thermoplastic pipe, pipe that is capable of being remelted and remolded. Pipe fusion involves using a tool that will melt two ends of the pipe to be welded and some method that will apply force to their surfaces until set. The two pieces then cool together and form a permanent bond, generally polyolefins such as polypropylene and polyethylene plastic are used for this application. Polyolefins do not join by solvent cementing because they have excellent chemical resistance. 
portable power tubing bender. Most of these powered benders have radius abilities of 180 degrees and offer a selection of bending formers for different diameters of copper, tubes, aluminum, and soft steel tubing, and pneumatic and hydraulic tubing. Most come with features that allow for bench mounting of the bender for multiple bending of the job site. Maximum capacity for these models is usually 1.8 inch OD. Portable piping maintenance tools. There are many portable electric tools designed for on-site piping maintenance. Power drain cleaning tools. Drain cleaning tools are used to unblock clogged or obstructed drainage and venting pipes. Most types use some form of rotating auger that moves down the pipe to break up or retrieve the obstruction, while other varieties of machines may use jetted water to blast through material. A drain auger is also known as a snake and consists of a coiled metal wire often wrapped around a wire core. Augers work to clear drains in one of several ways. The end of the auger's wire digs itself into the obstruction much like a corkscrew allowing retrieval of the object, hair, cloth, etc. The end of the auger breaks up the object, allowing it to pass through the drain, tree roots, paper, etc. The snake scours around the inside surface of the pipe, scraping off accumulated matter, ranging from mineral deposits to bacon fat, that was reducing the effective inside diameter of the drain. Sink machines. Typically using an auger that is approximately 5 16 of an inch in diameter, Sink machines are light-duty drain cleaners that are for drains sized 2 inch or less, such as kitchen sink, lavatory, and shower drains. They are often powered by pistol grip style drill motors or small motors that are meant to be positioned on the countertop or near the point of use. Drum machines. These larger capacity machines have the ability to vary the speed of the cable feed and rotation. Using 3 8 inch or half inch cables, they are capable of cleaning drain lines in excess of 4 inch. Larger machines can be equipped with 100 foot cables of either 3 quarter inch or 5 8 inch diameter that can clean drains as large as 10 inches. They often incorporate pneumatic foot switches to eliminate shock hazards when working in wet environments. Sectional Drain Cleaning Machines Sectional drain cleaning machines allow the drain auger to be added in sections instead of being self-contained on a drum. Often more than one size auger can be driven with the same motor. One characteristic of this style of drain machine is that it can offer the operator more control of the auger through the manipulation of the control handle. Water jetters. Water jetters propel flexible lines through a sludge, soap, and grease blockages. As it is pulled back, it power scrubs the line, flushing away debris. Most operate with over 2,000 PSI water pressure to provide the required cleaning power to do the job. Pipe inspection cameras and locators. Pipe inspection cameras can visually show the nature or severity of obstructions or failures of piping systems. Especially valuable when inspecting underground services, pipe inspection cameras can record film data with the onboard hard drive, and some models make instant digital copies as well. LCD displays record the distance to the camera head to aid in locating the problem, while some cameras can transmit a signal to be detected with pinpoint accuracy with the aid of a locator device. Pipe freeze kits. Pipe freeze kits stop the flow of water while a system is inspected or repaired. Once the system maintenance is complete, the ice plugs, are slowly melted and the system is put back in service. There are electric versions of these systems as shown, but many use bottles of refrigerant gases to perform the same task with a similar result. Pneumatic portable power tools. Air tools are often used to do work in explosive or flammable atmospheres, such as in grain elevators or other places where sparking from inside an electric tool could cause a fire or explosion. Safety with air tools. Using tools powered by high pressure air can be very hazardous. In addition to the hazards of flying materials, there are many other dangers. Air tools are very noisy. Hearing damage can result unless proper ear protection is worn. This protection must be worn at all times, not only by the operator, but by other persons nearby. 
continuous vibration can cause damage to nerves. Use heavy gloves if you do a lot of impact work. Fittings often come loose from their retainers and can fly a considerable distance at high speed. When using air tools, be cautious of where you point the tool. High pressure air is a severe hazard. Never expose yourself or your fellow workers to any direct blast of air as they can drive particles under your skin or inject air bubbles into your bloodstream. Never use compressed air to clean your clothing because particles can be blown into your skin. Blowing air at your clothing could also react with some petroleum products and cause combustion. Never use air tools in an area where the exhaust from the tool could stir up clouds of toxic chemicals or hazardous materials such as asbestos dust. Air supply for air-operated tools. Air or pneumatic tools are operated by compressed air supplied by an air compressor. This compressor is preset to maintain a constant supply of compressed air at pressures ranging between 350 kPa or 50 psi and 1050 kPa or 152 psi. A reservoir tank attached to the compressor retains a supply of compressed air to assure sufficient volume. Compressed air is usually piped to quick connectors placed conveniently around the shop. High-pressure, flexible rubber air hoses are used to connect the air-operated tool to the wall outlet. These hoses must be kept in good condition and their end connections must be tight. A broken or severed hose can be uncontrollably whipped around by escaping air pressures and can cause serious injury to anyone in its path. Components of a compressed air supply system. Compressed air for a power tool is supplied through a hose or pipe to the tool. The system has a drain-off valve for releasing moisture from the compressed air, a filter and pressure regulator, and sometimes a lubricator. A quick connector is used to attach the hose that feeds the air-powered tool. Filter and regulator. A clean, dry air supply is of prime importance. Moisture in the air lines can damage tools or interfere with their performance. Water in the line tends to dilute and wash away the lubricant and can corrode internal parts. It can also hamper the operation of the speed governor and cause dangerous overspeeding. Lubricator. In many tools, the compressed air must contain a lubricant to keep moving parts operating freely. A lubricator attached between the regulator and the tool supplies the lubricant in the form of a fine mist. The operator can control the amount of oil misted into the compressed air. Quick connectors. Connectors, which are also referred to as quick couplers, make it easier to connect and disconnect supply hoses and tools. The internal end of the connectors is designed to shut off the airflow when the external end is disconnected. Air hose. The air hose is made of rubber to make it flexible. Rubber is reinforced with braided thread or wire to make it strong and coated inside to prevent air from leaking out past the layers. It is available in different lengths and diameters. Hoses can be joined together to reach longer distances. The most common lengths of single hose are 7.5 meters and 15 meters. The inside diameter must be no smaller than 8 millimeters. Hoses are available in a variety of pressure ratings and colors. Air impact wrenches. An air impact wrench can be used to install or remove fasteners. In addition to rotary motion, there is a hammering effect much like the electric hammer drill to increase torque and make the tool more effective. There is a wide variety of sockets and attachments for this tool. Because impact wrenches are used for both assembly and disassembly, they are reversible. Pneumatic impact wrenches are made in larger sizes than electrically operated impact tools and are used more often in heavy-duty applications. Impact wrench sizes are designated by the size of the drive on the nose of the tool. The drive is usually square, with the most common sizes being 3 eighths of an inch, half an inch, 3 quarters of an inch, and 1 inch. It is used by inserting it into the drive end of the socket. Although the sockets used with impact wrenches are similar to the ones that are used with hand tools, they are of a much stronger design in order to absorb the tremendous forces generated. Air-operated grinders. Portable grinders are valuable tools for sharpening other tools, removing burrs, beveling corners, and grinding welding beads. Accessories for brushing, buffing, filing, and sanding can be attached to certain models 
increasing their versatility. The grinder's spindle speed varies proportionally to grinder size and ranges from 4,000 RPM on larger models to over 40,000 RPM on smaller ones. Each grinder has a throttle lever to regulate speed. Certain models have a throttle lever stop screw that limits throttle depression and may be adjusted to maintain a desired maximum RPM. A heavy-duty, air-operated grinder which holds a depressed center, cup-shaped grinder wheel may also be adapted for brushing or sanding. Two hand grips are featured for safe, controlled operation. One handle includes the air trigger or lever. This grinder is available with spindle speeds from 4,500 to 7,000 RPM. Air-operated drills and drivers. Pneumatic drills are operated by the force of air moving over the blades of a rotor. This turning force is transmitted to the chuck through a series of gears. The speed of the drill is controlled through its full RPM range by the amount of air throttle lever or trigger is depressed. Many pneumatic drills are designed with mufflers to reduce the noise caused by the motor. Chucks for pneumatic drills are made in different sizes corresponding to the drill capacity. Both keyless and key type chucks are available. Both have three hardened steel jaws that are tightened and released by turning a threaded sleeve. A keyless chuck has a knurled sleeve to permit hand tightening. The key type chuck are adjusted by inserting a key into a hole on the chuck so that the teeth on the key engage matching teeth on the chuck sleeve. Portable pneumatic drill is often preferred to an electric drill because it is light and has infinite speed control. In addition, it cannot overheat or be damaged by overloading. Another feature of the pneumatic drill is that it will stop quickly. Select an air-powered drill not only for drilling holes, but with the appropriate accessory attached for removing carbon and for honing, grinding, sanding, buffing, and brushing tires before vulcanization. Air screwdrivers and nut drivers look very much like air drills. The main difference is in the chuck or bit holder. The tool bit is held in place by a ball and spring detent, which facilitates quick changes of bits. To further enhance the versatility of power screwdrivers, a clutch drive or a friction drive can be incorporated, which runs the screw or nut to the required depth or tension. Air drills can also be operated safely in wet areas, a condition that would make the operation of an electric drill hazardous. Air hammers and chisels. Air hammers are used for riveting, metal cutting, and chiseling. They use a reciprocating piston that strikes a tool bit accessory that in turn strikes the workpiece. Air hammers and chisels can deliver between 1,500 and 4,000 blows per minute. A typical tool bit or chisel accessory is manufactured from high quality alloy steel and heat treated with to withstand and deliver repeated blows from the striker piston. Many different bits are available to perform various tasks. Powder actuated tools. Powder actuated tools are specially designed tools for driving fastening devices into steel or concrete. They are powered by an explosive powder charge similar to a rifle. The explosive powder charge creates a rapid expansion of gas that either directly or indirectly drives the fastener. The indirect system uses a captive piston whose velocity need not be nearly as great as that of a fastener alone to have enough energy to penetrate to the proper depth. A number of manufacturers have designed different types and models of tools, each tool having specifically designed explosive charges and fasteners. These parts are not interchangeable. History. Developed in Europe in 1908, the first powder-actuated tool was a high-velocity device that made possible the underwater repair of ships. With welders working inside the ships, divers on the outside used the new tool to nail plates onto the hulls. A captive piston was incorporated into the design to reduce the velocity of the expelled pin. The tool, manufactured by Hilti, appeared on the market in 1979. Nearly 10 years later, Hilti introduced an improved design for the captive piston. The result was a safer tool with the fastening pin traveling at a still lower velocity. Because of its safety features and efficiency, the low-velocity powder-actuated tool manufactured by Hilti is the most widely used in the piping industry. 
Even so, the student should know that other tools are available and that the speed with which they discharge fasteners varies. The speeds below are measured two meters in front of the tool. Low velocity, type filthy. This tool operates on the captive piston principle. Both the fastening pin and the driving piston move at a speed less than 100 meters or 330 feet per second. Medium velocity, type ram set. When fired, the fastening pin travels at about 100 to 150 meters, 330 to 500 feet per second. High velocity, type Omar Remington Phillips. These special tools have limited applications. They have no pistons, and the fastening pin is discharged at a velocity above 150 meters or 500 feet per second. Speeds of 460 meters per second or 1500 feet per second are not unusual. Safety features. The Hilti powder actuated tool has a number of built-in safety features. A captive piston already described. A built-in device that prevents the tool from firing if it is held at an angle of more than seven degrees off the work surface. To fire, the tool must be held flat against the work area at a right angle to the work surface. A built-in stop ring or stopping mechanism designed to absorb impact. It is the first part of the tool to break down from the force of the impact. When the stop ring becomes deformed, it must be replaced or the tool will not function properly. Powder loads and firing methods. Low and high velocity cartridges are rated according to a color code, beginning with the weakest rating, gray, to the strongest rating, purple. Both low and high velocity types share the same color code. The difference is that low velocity cartridges have a brass case, while the high velocity types have, are encased in nickel. Cartridges. There are two designs used for cartridges, crimped and wadded. Both provide the same power. Hilti uses the crimp design and paints the cartridge tip to identify the strength of the powder load, gray to purple. The paint also acts as a waterproof barrier to keep the cartridge dry. Wadded cartridges are not used by low-velocity or captive piston tools because the wads could plug the vent ports needed with the captive piston system. Firing methods. The cartridges for powder-actuated loads are either rim-fired, the Hilti method, or center-fired. Types of fasteners. Fastening pins are made of specially hardened steel. For fastening into concrete, the shank, the end of the fastener being driven into the concrete, is smooth. For fastening into steel, the shank is knurled, meaning that the tip has a series of small ridges to aid fastening. Each tool model will accept only the type of fastener specially designed for it. Therefore, it is very important that the right fastener is selected for the tool. In designing fasteners for its tool models, Hilti has incorporated a double guidance system. Interpretation of fastener codes. The following table describes the fastener by its corresponding code. 